if any emotion, anger, anything, blame, if any reaction is going to come up from you, and you're going to be a ninja, right? So this person is probably going to have attack at you because they're feeling attacked even in that first sense. That you're, they're going to be like, what is that? What are you doing to me? You did this. I knew. If you're going to get attached into all of that, if you're going to get sucked up into that, don't go there. Welcome to Series 2 of the One Year No Beer Podcast. If you haven't hit subscribe yet, then hit that button so you don't miss another episode. Just before we get started with today's interview, I just want to quickly mention one thing that Jen and I do every day. We were so lucky to come across this brand listening to podcasts just like this. And we are so proud to be sponsored by Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens is literally one scoop of this all-round nutritional insurance, which is made up of no less than 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food source ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic, green superfoods, scientifically researched and blended together to support and improve energy recovery, immunity, and digestion. It's so easy. You just get down in the morning, plop open that glass, pour in your athletic greens and pow, you are doing what you need in one scoop. If you want to join us, simply visit athleticgreens.com forward slash O-Y-N-B and join the health experts, athletes and health conscious go-getters around the world who are making a daily commitment to their health every day. Again, simply visit athleticgreens.com forward slash O-Y-N-B. Now don't forget the forward slash O-Y-N-B because this will entitle you to the special deal Athletic Greens have given out to our listeners. A year's supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs will take with you on the go. Once again, athleticgreens.com. Don't forget, O-Y-N-B. Now let's get started with the podcast. Hi, it's Ruri from One Year No Beer. I am so excited to be back in your audio ears. It's been a while. We are working on some awesome, exciting things here at One Year No Beer. Some of them require a bit more patience. But in the meantime, I wanted just to dive back into your ears with this very special broadcast, podcast, call it what you like, um, but talking about a topic that has been coming up a bit, mostly with people who are thinking about signing up to One Year No Beer or have been on our social media. And there's this topic that I really want to dive into today. So what is it? Well, now if you are an existing One Year No Beer member, you may have been on the other side of this. But if you haven't yet signed up to One Year No Beer, or you're just listening to this on the way past, then I think you're really going to resonate with this. And that is, how do I talk to a friend who I think is drinking too much? Yes. Well, first of all, let me start off by saying that this is actually a really, really 
really difficult subject. Like any of those things, let's understand some of the background first of all. First of all, drinking and drinking too much is an addictive behavior. Addiction is a response to trauma and environmental factors and lots of other things that are going on in our lives. So the drinking is the effect. And yes, we want to address the effect or we want to try and help this person address the effect. But the real question is, is what is the cause? Now, you might feel all the empathy in the world for your friend or your family member. And you might know that they have stuff or issues or baggage and maybe they've talked to you before. But this one in particular, trust me, this one in particular is incredibly raw. It's kind of raw because of a number of factors. The first factor is that society has kind of created this belief around alcohol about whether we're tough if we drink alcohol or whether we're socially included if we drink alcohol or whether we're cool if we drink alcohol or how much we drink and how fast we drink and whether you get to hang out with the rugby lads or the ladies on Friday or the Sunday brunch with the girls. All of those things are kind of intrinsically linked to our relationship with alcohol, but also our identity. And so there's this little bit of battle that goes on inside our head in between the questioning and the quietening in our mind, which is often what happens on a Sunday morning. Why did I do that? Why did I drink? And everything else. And actually all of the preconceptions we have the night before of I should be drinking and this is and I love to party and this is who I am, right? So now we've had a little look at the background of where this relationship is and just tried to I guess, give you this the enormity of what is going on for this individual. And that's why it has to be treated with the utmost care. Okay, this is not the kind of conversation that you have after having a few pints together. I think you're drinking too much. This is not the point to have when you're in the middle of an argument and going, and you drink too much. Because when you do that, those doors slam shut. Boom. They have now, you have crossed that barrier you are the enemy when it comes to their relationship with alcohol. If you made that one comment to them, it's going to be so much harder. A loved one. It's hard not to, right? It's really hard not to in arguments and things going on to point the finger at drinking. And especially when the crap happens, right? He comes home too late or he's stinking or I don't know, all of those things that I used to do. <laughs> Um, or it's equally for her and she's slurring and you have to carry her up the stairs. There are all these things and it's so easy for us to slip out with a pointed tongue and be accusational. Well, so if you've made any comments to this friend or this loved one before, you're already five steps behind. You are already, you're not even at the door ready to knock. So that gives a little bit of a background. We need to really reiterate that this is a hot potato for many people. And the reason why it is, is because it's so intrinsically linked to their identity, their status, right? Our status as a human being, according to scientists, everything we do is evaluated subconsciously as part of our instinct and in whether it increases our status or reduces our status. And so suddenly thinking about not drinking is like, oh, that's going to reduce my status. I don't even want to do that. Shut the door, keep it away. So there are these challenging things going on despite the problems in this person's life, despite the writing being on the wall, they carry on because this kind of societal expectations 
and plus the feelings and relief and all of those other things that add on to it. But then there's the outcome that it happens to. Great. So the next thing is really to think of this whole process. Let's say you have identified a friend or it is a loved one. Um, and with the loved one, as I said, you're going to have to be even more careful. With a friend who you've not yet spoken to, you've not said something accusational yet, then what to do is to really treat this like you are trying to grow some vegetables and step one is to sow the seed. Okay, hear me out here for a second. If you think about this as being one conversation with somebody and done, then you're done. You're not going to get the door open unless they're super ready, right? Unless they're a friend who's just like, yeah, I know, you're right. And you're going to meet that rarely. And you run a risk of them slamming the door shut if you come in straight at it with an angle. So what are we going to do is treat this like you want to harvest a vegetable. That vegetable you want to harvest is them going on a journey with you to change their relationship with alcohol. That's the outcome that you want, right? And them to want to do that. But right at the beginning, right at the first step, what have we got to do? Well, we've literally got to create a hole for your seed. And if you think about creating a hole is that inside this person is probably a wound and a wound that they are very carefully guarding, especially from anybody who wants to judge them. And so step one for you is to try and get some kind of opening. It's just to build trust. That's it. Step one, build trust. How do I build trust? Well, trust is built through vulnerability. Getting a time to when you can have a conversation. Again, don't use the time when it is shouting matches, tired, only got five minutes to spare, stressed, yeah, things going on. Find a clear space. Find a moment when you can connect. Go for a walk together when you are actually in that connected place. You know what I'm talking about. This is not just like the conversations while the TV is blaring. You treat it better than that. Find a time to connect. And your first step is just to build trust for you to be sharing vulnerable about some stuff that you've got on with yourself. Now, the thing about sharing vulnerably is that it creates exactly the same in the other person. It's hard for somebody not to feel compassion when somebody is sharing vulnerably about their other things. And when you get somebody into that mode of sharing compassion, it's much easier to steer things. I'm rushing. Let's pause. Our first step when talking to a friend about their drinking is to build trust around their area of drinking. Okay, that's the first step. And some of that comes from sharing vulnerably. Maybe your own experience with alcohol. Maybe just saying, I just, I just know how it's making me feel. And I, but again, when you start straight off the foot with that, I can already feel it myself. Like, you know, I think they're hinting at me. That's the doors coming down. Are you saying this to try and make me think about my own drinking? That's the doors coming down again. It's so delicate. It's so delicate. I'm giving you the most delicate version here, because if I give you the most delicate version and prepare you for the worst, then you're going to do a great job when you've mastered this and you take your time and you go in it very gently is that idea of building trust and being vulnerable in the beginning. Okay. Again, it's like you're fishing. You're trying to catch that very gently. As soon as you try and yank too quickly, you've lost it. So don't risk it. Just be super, super gentle around it. 
As you go through this part of trying to communicate about somebody's drinking, I just want to mention one other thing, and that is I recently asked into our members, you know, did you ever, did everyone ever talk to you about your drinking? Did anyone? And lots of people responded, and almost every single one of them said, yes, and it didn't work. Yes, and it made me drink more. Okay. Yes. And I, and, and I, you know, they told me I should just man up or woman up and pull myself together and stop being so pathetic and whatever, go and get a job. What all these accusations, all these blame, all of this manipulation. Okay. Let's just wind this back again. We're talking about somebody with some deep feelings, deep rooted feelings that, that, that there's trauma in there. There's there's reason why this drinking is happening. They are never going to respond to anger or blame or, or it, it, that is just, it's not going to work. So if those things have been part of your armory, arsonry before, then you've got some work to do to try and build that trust again. And it's going to take time. Think of it like that. I'm just on a mission to build trust with you around your relationship with alcohol. I want you to know that I'm I'm, you know, I, I want this, I want this person to discover that I'm a safe pair of hands whenever they want to talk about that, that there's no judgment, that there is not, that I'm just here holding their hand. So what my members said was the most beneficial way of changing their relationship with alcohol was reading other people's stories. It was reading the quit literature that's out there. So all of the books in this kind of category around changing drinking, like Catherine Gray's amazing books and the unexpected joy of being sober, uh, William Porter and alcohol explained and unexplained. Annie Grace, This Naked Mind, uh, our own book, The 28 Day Alcohol Free Challenge. There's so many great books. One of our, a couple of our members are writing books. One, he goes by the name of Drew Charles. After party. There you go. After party, Drew. So there are some brilliant books. And, you know, whether it's an easier way to purchase one of these books or a couple of these books, ultimately, if you don't drink at all and you put one of these down on the coffee table, your partner's going to know you got it for them. But if you do drink occasionally and you decide to read one of those books and leave it on the coffee table, it might take six months, right? It might take six months. You're sowing a seed. You want to grow a vegetable of vegetables of, of, of changing their relationship with alcohol. It's going to take time. Be patient. Don't rush at it. Right. You want to get into that space where you can help someone. Okay. So again, the quit literature, those books are incredibly helpful and inspiring and for yourself as well. I've always found in my relationship, I think for the first number of years, I found myself standing up you know, on arms crossed, looking at my wife, demanding her to change. You're angry. You need to go to anger management. And he said angrily. And, and what I found was the greatest change in my marriage came when I chose to lead by example. So I took an anger management program. And guess what I discovered? I'm quite angry. I've got, I've got quite a lot of anger inside. And so I learned all these tools and techniques and I know that she took steps forward because I had led first. So I would always advocate leading by example. If you're drinking, if you're drinking that, even though you say, well, I don't need to do that. You should, because you're doing it for your friend. You're showing them there's another way. And it's so much more powerful to do that. So I'm a big advocate of, of lead by example. 
I was talking about the quit literature stories because, of course, that's reading inspiring journeys and stories. And some of it is quite functional as well. If you look at William Porter, as an example, and Annie Grace's books, they are very much around the science of alcohol and the impact on the body and the impact on the mind. And that's great. You know, some people really want to read that. And some people dive into that. You know, if your partner or your friend is really into the how-tos and everything else, then maybe that's a journey you want to get them down. And if you're like, okay, on this journey of getting somebody to change your relationship with alcohol, the first step I've got to do is get them to trust me. And then once I feel like they're starting to talk to me a bit, when I can feel that trust is there, like they say to me vulnerably, right? Oh God, I just feel so awful this morning and I did this and, you know, I, I know I can trust you or, you know, and you're like, wow, this person is now opening up to me. You can say, look, you know, have you ever thought about reading a book about this or checking something out? What a great opportunity. It's like non-attacking, non-you-need-to-go-and-do-this. It's like, hey, go and have a look at this over here. And that's why One Year No Beer was created, right? That this This moment, this moment is the reason why we created One Year No Beer. When we looked at everything around there about not drinking, it was so full of stigma and blame and all of those things. And so we were like, well, how do we create something which removes all of that, right? We want to make it fun, cool, funky. We want it to be like, hey, let's go and do this together, all of us in the pub, you know, like a Tough Mudder or a Spartan race, to be proud of it. And so that's what we wanted the experience to be the moment somebody landed on the website. Um, And that's what we wanted the experience to be all the way through it. So here's an example. You know, have you, have you seen the thing at One Year No Beer? Have you seen what the guys are doing there? It's really amazing. It's really interesting. Now, I do have a sneaky way of doing this. If you've, if you've been making accusations to your partner that they're drinking too much, then yes, you've been attacking them. And they have been taking it 100% as an attack on their status, on their identity, on their emotions. Like, I'm not surprised they've shut the door on you. I'm sorry to say, but you must understand how delicate this area is this area is. I keep reiterating that. Thanks for joining our podcast. I really hope you're getting a lot from today's episode. So have you taken the OYMB challenge yet? Have you challenged yourself to be the best possible version you can possibly be? By changing just one thing, like your relationship with alcohol, you can change your whole world. Visit us at oneyearnobeer.com forward slash take the challenge and let's start the first steps in living your life better. So with the partner who you've spoken to before and had these problems, it's so easy to say, you know, hey, have a look at When You Know Beer. Or even better than that, with the power of technology today is visit oneyearnobeer.com on their phone, right? (laughs) Now, I didn't tell you this, but when you do that, our amazing, awesome Facebook algorithms means that we will serve them up testimonials, stories, videos at a great expenditure, I might add, but thank you. And they, they, they will start to see the messaging and they'll read the stories. And then you just let the, the wonderfulness that is one year, no beer, um, help do the job with you. So that's simple, easy. You just go to the website or another super tricky way. If you don't like ugh, opening somebody else's phone, and you're, you're, I know you're going to write in and complain at this, but sometimes needs must, right? <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just giving you all the tricks. It's up to you if you use them. But you can either send them the one year no beer link on a, on a WhatsApp. Chances are they're not going to click on that, right? Or why do I want to click on that? And if you really want to get them to go and visit something, <laughs> then just go to a short code. So you can get a short code on, you know, Google shortened link and hey, 
Right. Those are extreme measures, let's be honest. And if you went to that extreme manager, they'd probably shut the door and not trust you again anyway, because you weren't building trust. So perhaps that's just a really bad idea. So don't do that. <laughs> but getting people to visit the One Year No Beer site or leaving some quit literature around is a great way for this kind of gentle conversation to be had and looked at. Leading by example is so key. Hey, I'm thinking about doing this challenge. Do you want to do it with me? Is right, really soft. Hey, I'm thinking about doing this 90 day alcohol free challenge. It's really, really amazing what these guys are doing. I'm look at them and the results are incredible. Do you want to have a look at it with me? Is another really simple way. And that's what one year no beer was designed for, right? That's, this was the whole idea behind it. So now that we've gone through all that, what about that we've built some trust? We've started to open up the door and now you want to have an actual conversation. Okay. So, an, so the conversation is where you now are, the flower is open. Okay. The, the flower is open to communication. And now you really just want to tell the truth, right? How the impact it's having on you, the impact it's having on people around, the impact it's having on them and try and help them see that so that they will go and get help or come and join one year no beer, which is the best help there is out there, of course, etc. What about that moment? Well, let's talk about that moment specifically. Okay, now I've taken 20 minutes to get up to that moment, but you should have taken days, weeks to get up to that moment. You should have been th getting that trust built, taking your time, being slow, creating correct moments that you can communicate, you know, all of those things. Now you're ready to have the, the big conversation, right? What is it you're going to say to somebody and how are you going to do it? Let's start with the rules. First of all, create that safe space. Okay. Get out, get clear somewhere, get somewhere quiet, get somewhere where you can connect properly, really connect. And you know that you're on that connection level. Ask permission. And that is like, before you get straight into this stuff and you start talking, it's saying, Hey, would it be okay if I, if we had a conversation about drinking? I, I just want to talk openly and honestly about it. And I'm not here to make any judgments. I just want to have an open conversation with you. Well, what do you mean? What do you want to, what do you want to have a conversation with drinking? Okay. Well, I'll just share. Let me share some, some things I know. Uh, again, this is your opportunity now. And you can see even now I'm <laughs> waffling and sweating around it because it is delicate and I want to treat it with care is to start to, once you've got into that vulnerable place and you know, you can communicate clearly, the back is not up yet or at all. And you can say, you know, here is some of the impacts of drinking. It could be an example. That example could be, I've been, we've, we've been talking for a little bit now, or we've been discussing some of this thing. And I, I just want to be truthful that I'm worried about you. I'm, I'm worried about the level of drinking and I can see the impact sometimes. And I'm just, I, I wonder if you're worried about it at all too. I wonder if you've had any thoughts on it. Now, if any emotion, anger, anything, blame, if any reaction is going to come up from you, and you're going to be a ninja, right? So this person is probably going to have attack at you because they're feeling attacked even in that first sentence. That you're, they're going to be like, what is that? What are you doing to me? You did this. I." If you're going to get attached into all of that, if you're going to get sucked up into that, don't go there because you're not ready. 
if you are ready to just let that wash over and see what's behind this conversation, just be gentle, just be caring, just be compassionate. That is when you can start to communicate. And you might get this coming to you a little bit and you can give some examples of this, but most importantly is to say, look, I only want the best for you and I really love you and I think that you're hurting and I think that I can help you and why don't we go and do this challenge together or why don't we go and read one of these books together or have you ever thought about going to, I mean, if it's severe drinking, then um, a stop to the GP, but that's usually, if you ask somebody that, the instant answer is going to be no, and nobody ever told the truth to the GP anyway. <laughs> I think there was far too much fear for people around it going on their health insurance and all sorts of things like that for them to be open and honest about their drinking to their GP. So that's what you're trying to be. You're trying to create situations where you can be vulnerable with them because that builds trust and trust is absolutely critical. You're working on slowly but surely over time building a relationship whether they can discuss with you that drinking level and you are more than likely going to lead by example if you are not already. And if you are already and you're super clear cut and healthy and not drinking or you've never drunk before, then you're going to find it quite difficult because they'll shut the door down on the fact that you're just evangelical. And I've had this lots and lots and lots. Oh, you're just evangelical, um, et cetera, et cetera, and put it off to the bin. They're not, they're not real. They don't live in my world. They don't live in my society. They don't want to live the, the, the life that I choose to live because I'm with all the cool people that drink alcohol. Isn't it so interesting that it leads into all the dynamics around drinking? The by far and most important one in all of this message for you today is over and above talking, being direct and all of those things for a friend, a nearby person or a family member. It's 100% lead by example. It is you first, pal. It is show them in your own transformation what can happen. Shining up a light like that, it's hard for them not to see. Now, I'm going to caveat this slightly because I have a list of thousands of people who come often and say, I've stopped drinking three months ago and my partner's still drinking every night. Oh, that is tough. And I am sorry. It is not easy when you're trying to make a life change and the other person isn't. But again, I'm going to bring this right back to something simple and it's compassion. Let me paint a picture for a second. Imagine the first time that you ever considered changing your relationship with alcohol was actually four years ago. It was four years before you signed up to one year no beer or actually took the action to do it. You woke up one day and you were like, well, this is shit. As opposed to normally feeling like, oh, well, God, I've got a bad hangover. I need to get a drip or have some Nurofen. You were like, this is shit. Now that this is shit happens for different times from all people, but it meant something different for you. The hangover lasted a bit longer. The crap you did last night was a little bit too much. There's something that fundamentally shifted and you began questioning to a different degree rather than normal. Not just why is my hangover bad? Why did I drink so much last night? Why do I black out? Why can't I remember what I did? Or why did I make those mistakes? And there begins your journey of discovery. Now, it might put to bed a day later and you forget about it in its entirety. And again, you drink the following weekend and it gnaws at you again. And it may be 
10 weekends before you actually take a piece of action. It could be a hundred weekends of doing the same thing. If you're more like me, like an absolute, I mean, I don't know how many times I have to get told things, but like a blunt instrument banging my head off a brick wall going, why am I doing this? 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 To suddenly like literally, why am I doing this? I'm going to stop it now. Oh, look at that. I can stop banging my head against the wall, <laughs> right? If you're like me, it took ages. So take that into consideration that the journey from the moment you reconsidered your relationship with alcohol to the moment of today of signing up and or further down the road of actually changed your relationship with alcohol, it was a very long journey. It was thinking and thinking and doing and acting and thinking for most people. Some people is instantaneous. Great. Well done. Round of applause. For most people, it was lots longer. So with that note, maybe... The first time your partner ever considered, the first time they ever questioned it, right? Before that, they were like, well, I don't get hangovers and I feel absolutely fine. And everyone drinks. And what are you talking about? Don't be silly. The first time they ever thought about it was the moment you brought it up just a few seconds ago. It was, it was the first time you ever actually said to them, hey, why don't you stop drinking? Or are you drinking too much? Before that, They'd never even thought about it. Now, I know you might sit across me and say, oh, don't be ridiculous, Ruri. Of course they know that. But you're making the assumption that they've broken out of the matrix and they haven't. They're still plugged in. They're in the marketing. They're in the peer pressure. They're in the social conditioning. They're totally and utterly brainwashed. Alcohol's the best thing since sliced bread. And the first time they thought about it was the moment that you said to them, maybe even a month, two months into your journey, hey, why don't you do this as well? And with that note, how much compassion do you need? Because if it was back when you first started considering your relationship with alcohol, it was A, a bloody big realization, whoa, well, I never thought about that before. And it's gonna take time. It's gonna take more time for that seed to be sown and more thinking and more thinking. So if you've started changing your relationship with alcohol and you have a partner or a friend who just seems to refuse to follow you, wait and be patient and have compassion. It's a very, very complex thing. It's intertwined into so many areas that are instinctful. They're in the subconscious. It's not conscious. It's not pull yourself together or shake yourself or that's it. It's really delicate. I read this post about addiction the other day and it was talking about addiction to drugs and it certainly could be applied to addiction in any areas of their life or any areas of your life. And it was really, really powerful. But specifically, it was talking about the uncontrollable desire to do something, even though there is full knowledge that it is entirely destructive to their life. And that's why thinking about an addict as somebody who, or thinking about somebody who shows addictive behavior, let's just change that because it's not necessarily addicts we're talking about here. It's just drinking a bit too much, right? So it's that really strong habit. It's just a sliding scale. This is not black and white, right? And in that sliding scale, they're feeling compulsed to do something, even though they know it does harm. So they've got so used to that over, over decades and decades and decades. It's going to take a bit more time for that seed to really be sown. So again, Compassion is our biggest key in helping or supporting anyone, and especially ourselves. Interestingly, compassion and the lack of it is what will probably turn you back to drink, make them drink more, make you drink more, 
shame, guilt, anger, blame. Nope. All of those things are entirely unsuccessful at helping you change your relationship with alcohol and at helping anybody else change your relationship with alcohol. Those are the things that keep people drinking. So just remember that whenever you're having that conversation with somebody, especially yourself, in the mirror, and you're being so judgmental or talking about guilt, shame, blame, and all of those things, those are the things that keep you drinking. And what you need is compassion. Okay, I have definitely taken this subject to the max today. Um, it's good to be back in front of the mic. Hopefully, some of that was helpful. I would love to hear your comments. I'd love to hear your thoughts on whether you think I was misguided or absolutely on the nail. And did you experience this? Did somebody try and talk to you? Did somebody try and say something to you? Did it hurt? Did it work? If there was a strategy that worked and I didn't talk about it here, please tell me it because I'd love to talk about it next time and bring it out to the audience. Stay awesome. What you are doing, changing your relationship with alcohol and helping other people to change their relationship with alcohol is without a doubt, one of the best ways you can spend time in your life. It's really helping change the world. You're awesome. Thanks. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the One Year No Beer podcast, where our mission is to share and tell the stories of the everyday heroes who are taking the steps to make a meaningful impact by changing their relationship with alcohol. If you want to join our community and find out more about the variety of benefits that you can enjoy by becoming part of our 80,000 plus members within our alcohol-free movement, then click the link in the show notes below. 